0: Today we're talking about the five reasons why the INFJ gets first idolized and then torn down. So many of us have experienced this, right? This isn't something that only happens to a few of us. For some reason, the INFJ has been put on this pedestal and it seems like the other person is looking up to us, has such joy from just being in our presence. And then before we know it, before we know what actually happened, People take the opportunity to tear us down and it feels like people are not only indifferent to us more than that. There's a real hatred or there's this goal to just pull the INFJ back down, to really show the INFJ that they have no power whatsoever, that they're not to be respected, whatever it may be. So today we're looking into this. We're going to answer this question and we're really going to talk about what are we supposed to do here? Are we doing something wrong? Is this something we should just accept? Well, there are a lot of sides to this. So let's dig in. Before we get started, I want to remind you that INFJ Epic Life Bootcamp has just launched so you can join until November 11th. So this Saturday, there won't be any late admissions. So if you want to join this amazing community of INFJs creating their INFJ Epic Life, do it now. Everything you need to know, you can find in the links in the description and I look forward to seeing you there. Reason number one, the INFJ can present the perfect projection. So this is really important to understand because this is a skill, it's not who INFJs are. I think there's a lot of misconception about this. INFJs can be the perfect projection. They can be the perfect canvas for projection, better said, because what we can do is make room for other people. We can hollow ourselves out. We can allow people to shine. We allow them to be themselves. And a lot of people are not able to do this. So if there's a person who for some reason feels like the way I am isn't good enough or isn't right, there's something wrong about me, and then they meet this INFJ who just perfectly mirrors back to them. The way you are is perfect. The way you are should be celebrated. It is really something that is addictive. And on top of that, it's not just that the INFJ, you know, is understanding and is really kind. It's so much more than that. It's the fact that INFJs can make space for the other person. And that means that the INFJ pretty much becomes like this hollow shell of a person. They're kind, they're nice, they're understanding, but there are no real edges there. It doesn't mean that the INFJ can't do anything cool or anything exciting or anything fun, but they don't project something that the other person might not like. And INFJs do that because they understand what the other person might not like. So we're really skilled at understanding, Oh, they have this reaction. When I ask him about this topic, apparently this is an uncomfortable subject for them. So I'm going to stay clear of that. I need that they want admiration for their skills in this one area. Well, I'm going to give that to them. It's not a lie. I really admire them for what they're doing, but I'm showing them that side of me that is really comfortable for the other person. And I'm hiding all of those things that I knew that person wouldn't like, would be offended by, would make that person uncomfortable. See, this is a skill. This is not who we are. And most INFJs aren't really aware that this is something that only the INFJ can do. Like, yeah, there's some people who are good at this as well, but INFJs as a group are really skilled at this and this gives people the opportunity to feel good about themselves and if that happens that's the moment when the INFJ really gets put on a pedestal because people don't like you for who you are necessarily they like you for how you make them feel about themselves and since the INFJ has such a positive impact on the other person when the INFJ wants that to be you know that's the moment everybody looks up to the INFJ. The INFJ gets admired, the INFJ looks like this perfect friend, looks like this really cool person, this really interesting person. And the INFJ feels really comfortable in that. So this is the baseline of everything. This is why everything transpires. And we can really ask ourselves, is this something that we want? But in that moment, there is no reason to not want it. Why? We're just being kind, we're using our skill sets and we're making the other person feel good. What's wrong about that? Well, let's talk about that a little later. Reason number two, the INFJ seems completely harmless. So the way an INFJ naturally presents themselves in front of other people when they're trying to play that game, trying to be nice to the other person, trying to make the other person like them. And we're not doing this necessarily because we want something out of that situation, at least not consciously. We're really doing is out of good intentions. We want the other person to feel good. We want to have a good connection. Like there's no harm in that. But what the INFJ does in that moment is they really tone down their strengths. They tone down their mental strength. They tone down the fact that they actually can read the other person very well. They don't want the other person to feel uncomfortable because when an INFJ presents themselves as like this harmless being that just wants good, that has only good intentions, you know, it's not just about what they say. It's really how we show up. It is something that we learn from an early childhood on we have the skills to do that. You know, that's when the other person opens up more. That's when they remove their own walls. That's when an INFJ can get to know the other person. And that's what the INFJ wants. This is something that we enjoy. This is something that, you know, really excites us. So it's not something that happens, you know, consciously and we think it through, but we really want the other person to feel like, There's nothing to be ashamed of in front of me. You don't have to hide anything. Like, I'm here for you. I accept you the way you are. Please be yourself." And that is something that makes the other person feel like the INFJ is harmless. And this is a huge component to that. Because if you see somebody as harmful, you're probably not going to put them on a pedestal. So you see this with celebrities very often. So fans put like their celebrity on a pedestal and it's all great, and oh, they're so awesome. But once the celebrity would want to be friends with you, once they would want you to be like on eye level, you know, that's when it gets dangerous because you apparently think that person has something to offer. you don't. And they are stronger than you. They're more successful than you, whatever it may be. And that's when people get afraid of that situation. But as long as this celebrity can stay up there in their mind and they're at a distance, they're really harmless and they can be put on that pedestal and it can be psychologically very safe. With INFJs, it's not much different. Of course, we're not celebrities in that situation, but it's the fact that we won't cause any harm. We don't present ourselves as somebody that will be dangerous to them psychologically speaking. Reason number three, the INFJ is outwardly admiring the other person. You will barely ever get in a situation where the INFJ has been put on a pedestal where the INFJ hasn't been admiring towards the other person. Because INFJs know that people yearn for this so much. We can see what they actually want to be admired for, not what you know most people compliment them on or what most people deem interesting about them. No, we look at them and we can understand, oh, they actually take really big pride in, their art pieces, they take really big pride in their way of thinking, in their way of, you know, executing certain things. And we can understand that this is really a skill as well. And so we start complimenting them on that right? And it's not a lie. We actually see this is something to be admired. This is something that is very valuable. That is interesting. That is worth to be proud of. And we bring that out in people. So people in that situation not only feel like we're safe, we allow them to be seen. But on top of that, We admire them for the person that they want to be seen as. And this is something that doesn't happen very often. So that's one more reason to put that INFJ on a pedestal. Like it feels so good. This is somebody that makes me feel so good. There's no harm in that. There is no danger in that. Why not let me put that INFJ on a pedestal because that person shows me a part of life that I didn't know was possible because of them. I see a version of myself that I wasn't able to see before. So it's natural that the INFJ gets idolized to an extent in that moment. Reason number four, the INFJ is human and powerful. This is the point where it gets tricky because every single thing we talked about until now is something that the INFJ actively does. But it's not all the INFJ is. At some moment, the humanness of the INFJ will come out. At some moment, the INFJ will start to protect themselves, will not be able to be the bigger person all the time. At some moment, it will just show that the INFJ has a different understanding of a certain situation or the INFJ isn't 100 percently aware of what's going to make the other person uncomfortable and they do something that, you know, makes the other person flip. Like it's actually because it's such a delicate situation. It's because the INFJ has been idolized before and the other person believes the INFJ is exactly the person that they want them to be, right? They have an image of, okay, that INFJ is this person A. That person A could be my best friend, could be my future relationship, could be somebody that I could go into business with, whatever it may be, right? But just this version of like the best person that could come into their lives. And then they see, oh, the INFJ isn't really like that. And the INFJ in that moment really starts feeling bad because what do we as INFJs feel? We feel like we failed. We weren't good enough. We weren't able to show them that we do have good intentions, that we just want the best for them. It's actually in that moment when these horrible situations start to happen, when the INFJ tries to prove to the other person that they didn't mean any harm. But what we as INFJs have to understand is that we are human. And we are powerful and we're able to make others feel good because we're powerful, because we have this mental strength. And at some moment you're going to be human and those parts are going to show. You cannot pretend to be this version forever. It's not possible. And it's because of that contrast that people really get scared. Because you have to think about this, if they would meet this version of the INFJ who's themselves all the time, who has opinions that go against what the other person is thinking, who's not dimming their light, who's being their biggest, best version that they could be, you wouldn't have those difficulties because the other person then can decide, oh, is this somebody that I feel safe with psychologically? What parts of me am I able to show them and I still feel comfortable? this situation we have now that we're talking about doesn't leave room for that because they just had a wrong image of the INFJ. They opened up and now they see, oh, I opened up to somebody who isn't harmless. I opened up to somebody who's not all admiring towards me because the way they show up, they are showing me that there are parts of me that they don't like. They like me despite of them. And they are able to see them like they're not all admiring. Like even if you admire somebody for their great skill set in art, but you can still see that they have insecurities. And now the other person recognizes you saw those insecurities all along. And that's when people get really frightened. That's when it gets really dangerous because this is a situation that hits you psychologically on a very deep level. And on top of that, they see, Oh, you weren't the person that they thought you were. You weren't this perfect canvas that they could project everything onto. You actually become human in that moment. And that's actually when we get to reason number five, and that is the INFJ evokes shame in the other person. When a person has opened up and they have gotten close to you psychologically, they are really showing their wounds and you know they feel close and safe around the INFJ, and then they recognize that the INFJ sees them on a really deep level, but they themselves have been hiding, they themselves have not been completely honest, they themselves have stayed in control you know, a lot of shame comes up because those insecurities come forward. It's like the other person has been hiding in a house and they feel safe and now they recognize, you know, when they're around an INFJ, they're completely open. There's nothing to protect them if you want it to really hit them where it hurts. And that's the moment when the INFJ really gets torn down because it's too dangerous. Psychologically speaking, so many INFJs I've met and I've talked to and I've worked with, and I myself experienced this as well. So many times, you know, we want to prove to the other person, I don't have any bad intentions. I don't want anything bad for you. Like I just see you. Is that really my fault? But it isn't possible to explain it to the other person when they're in fight or flight mode, because that's what they're in. And so that person decides in that moment, I have to protect myself. Like everything that happened before, I'm going to spin it in my mind. I'm going to make up a story that makes me be comfortable with the fact that I don't want this person close to me because it's just psychologically too dramatic. It hits too close to home and I just cannot handle it. And so, because the INFJ still has an impact on them, because the INFJ saw parts of them that they wanted to be hidden, because the INFJ still has that access somehow, that's the reason why the INFJ then gets so, you know, torn down, gets really bullied or whatever it may be. And as children, we've experienced this even more often because with time we learn, okay, I don't want to experience this anymore. I'm not going to be the bigger person all the time. Like I'm still going to make sure that I protect myself. And that is actually the lesson that I learned from all of this, because one of the main reasons why this channel exists is because I experienced this to such a big extent that I had a reality break that I lost myself completely because I was trying to prove over and over again that I was a good person, that I was the image that they wanted me to be. Why are INFJs doing this? We're doing this because that's what we've learned as children. If we want to be liked, if we want to be protected, if we want to be included, we have to give people what they want. We have to be that version of ourselves that is good enough for them. And that's how we survived. But as adults, we have to learn that the pain happened in the past. And you know, no matter what I do, I cannot heal that by looking outwardly. I have to tell myself you are good enough the way you are. And it really starts with us saying, I'm not going to pretend anymore to be a version of myself. You know, that makes the other person comfortable. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you have a base that is untouchable, meaning there have to be parts of you that are not up for the bait. You are strong you are opinionated, you know what you want, you know where you're going, And whoever comes into your life can be an addition to your life. They're not going to be your purpose. They're not going to be your solution. And this is something that I learned the hard way and it was a really painful process. But now looking at it from the other side, I know that it was a necessary step. We as INFJs, we have to go our own path. We have to create a life that we love and when we help people and when we are being like a friend in that regard, we're doing this while following our own rules which are, I'm not going to make myself small in order to make another person feel good. I'm not going to pretend I don't see certain aspects and I'm not going to pretend I'm weaker than I actually am. This has a danger to it, of course, because it's easier to be the person that other people want you to be and then they like you and they accept you. But what we have to understand is that it's better to be disliked for who we are than to be liked for who we're not. Because every single time you are being liked for who you're not, you will feel disconnected. It will feel good at first, but in the end of the day, you want the other person to like you for who you are. And so we practice, we learn, I have to be more of who I am. And yes, this might alienate some people, but it will draw other people in. The people who like me for who I am and not for what I'm doing for them. Remember if you want some more guidance with this, if you want to join this amazing community of INFJs who's building their INFJ Epic life, who's building everything they always dreamed of, then join our INFJ Epic life bootcamp. You can do this until Saturday, November 11th. That's when we have our first live call. Everything you need to know you can find in the links in the description. And if you want to watch another video now that is in alignment with today's topic, then watch the video of the five most shocking INFJ traits.